Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I got to know of the music of today's Song of the Soul guest about 40 years ago. One of the wonderful albums that he and his former wife created in the course of 10 years of music making in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. At the end of those 10 years, Richard Paul Thomas migrated down to Texas to work for the Jacques Cousteau Society and has always had his hand in music, environmentalism, musical theater, and much more. With roots in early rock, folk, country, and more, he's a pleasure and an inspiration. And Richard Thomas joins us today with production help from Andrew Jansen via Zoom from Salado, Texas. Richard, thank you so very much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you very much for having me. So, which baseball team is your favorite? None any longer. None? <laughs> I used to be a Milwaukee Braves fan. You know, when you used to, you stand outside the stadium and Hank Aaron would come out and talk to you and Eddie Matthews and all those guys. And then they moved to Atlanta and I've never forgiven them and kind of solidified that hatred of the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> that <laughs> makes any sense. <laughs> what about that hat you have on? It's a um, bald head, something. Bald head Island. It's one of my, one of the clients I used to work at. You know, um, Weekend with Bernie, that movie. Okay. Part yeah. Of it was recorded at Bald Head Island. It's an <laughs> island where you, you get left off. There's no cars on the island. It's only golf carts and there's no transportation other than walking or all golf carts. I was kind of surprised you had that hat on because you've got a good head of hair. You're eight years older than me and you're not nearly as open-minded as I am. It's just, if I take off this hat, it goes poof. <laughs> I look like <laughs> Albert Einstein now. So. <laughs> So was Albert Einstein one of your heroes growing up? I don't know if he was, but I do have hair like him. So <laughs> I actually was wondering, because you're eight years older than I am, you mentioned in some interviews Buddy Holly. And Buddy Holly was never really a thing for me. I mean, you know, every day it's you're growing stronger. I know a couple songs like that, but he wasn't really a thing. Were you ever really into Buddy Holly? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, that whole series. You know, that's just when I was starting to play guitar. You know, they were all alive at that time. So that was kind of cutting my teeth on that kind of music. And I mean, I remember the day when I heard over the radio, you know, was, we, I always had this little portable RCA radio that went everywhere. And I was taking a bath on a Saturday afternoon and they mentioned the, the crash, you know, and it was pretty devastating. So you remember the day the music died. In fact, I was really lucky. Some years later, I got to record in Clovis, New Mexico with Norman Petty, who was a producer. And I was singing on the same microphones Buddy Holly was singing at and all stuff. So it was a trip. And I have a collection he gave me. It's a complete Buddy Holly. It's right there of all the recordings he ever had. And then Mr. Petty signed it for me and all that stuff. So it took pretty strong. I've written songs that are really influenced by that time. In fact, The Wings of My Heart, you mentioned that album. That song mm -hmm. is all the songs that really touched, the, touched your soul. Sure, of course. Your name, 
Richard Paul Thomas. You have to distinguish yourself from all the other hundreds and thousands of Richard Thomases in the world. But Thomas was not the name you grew up with. Before we got on the air, you mentioned you grew up with a, a different last name of Polish origin. And tell that story, because I, I think that's really interesting to know where people come from. I was born Richard Paul Tutaj, T-U-T-A-J, which in Polish means here, now, living in the now kind of thing. And my confirmation name was Thomas. My sponsor was not someone that was very um, supportable or whatever you would call it. You know, he wasn't somebody to look up to, <laughs> you know. But anyway, over the years when we were touring, colleges, high schools, every place that wrote you a check, always wrote a check and misspelled my last name. So I just initially dropped it, but eventually I wound up going to court and doing the whole thing. Ever since then, I've been Richard Paul Thomas. But I also use RPT, you know, that, that little moniker. Well, I saw the RPT, and for me, it has a different connotation. I was Peace Corps in Togo in West Africa, and the national political party that the dictator there, the president, had was the RPT, the Rassemblement des Peuples Togolais, the rally for the Togolese people. So that's what RPT means to me. So I'm sorry, but you're connected with Nyasimbe Yadama. Well, I'm very sorry, too. I did not, I've never met him. <laughs> I don't support his political leanings, I will say. And that was a nickname that was given to me when I was working for Jacques Cousteau in the Cousteau Society. They just called RPT the AD, the distant director, yeah. I noted the work that you did as assistant director for Cousteau Society. What does a assistant director do and how does that have to do with your music? I mean, that's what I, I think you were music, music, music. And then, okay, you're assistant director for the Cousteau Society. Did you actually have to do something or were you just, you know, eye candy? No, no. Yeah, look at me. I'm like, I can't <laughs> give me a break. No, the assistant director was for the involvement day programs. It wasn't for the whole Cousteau Society. But the involvement day programs are one day long events that we held all over the country that would have music associated with it. But it was debates on different issues like nuclear power in Boston, shipping oil in the Puget Sound in Seattle, drilling for oil in the Gulf of Mexico when we were in Houston. So that was the, the event. I was a front man. I'd come in, open up the offices, get volunteers get everything kind of organized. And then we put the one day event on, I'd say for another week and shut everything down and move on to the next event. And the reason the music was connected was Susan and I had done one of the first involvement day shows in Milwaukee with Country Joe of Country Joe and the Fish. And we did the concert there and volunteered a little bit. And then they called me up and asked me to come to Houston and do it again. So I did. And we'd have music like James Taylor, John Denver, Melvina Reynolds, John McLean. And then we'd be with the Union of Concerned Scientists and all those things. So it kind of blossomed out. It was still my environmental beliefs, but music was a small component of that. So is this environmental belief stuff something that originated with you in Milwaukee? Yeah. It, in fact, our first album, the Burst of Life thing that Susan and I did, you know, Great Waters Elegy was one of the songs on there. We had a lot of songs that we did that had some musical component to it. And then I've written a whole variety of songs that I still continue. In fact, I've often thought about just doing an environmental PD, you know, because I have quite a few of them. That's yeah. cool. Well, speaking of all those songs, let's get started with your song of the soul, the actual music for it. What shall we kick off with? The one I usually kick off a set would be Riding on a Train. And kind of the reason for that, that was written on a train ride. When I toured for quite a while, I would take the train as close to where most of the dates were. Then I would rent a car and do all the stuff, but I'd go back and forth. So one night, about three o'clock in the morning, I was just up in the club car and stream of consciousness thing, wrote down a whole bunch of stuff. A year later, I opened it up and right in the center of it was almost this whole song in its entirety. So riding on a train. 
Were you a train rider in general? Oh, yeah. You could go to Minneapolis, go to Chicago, then you could take it to Boston, New York, Washington, D.C., Louisiana, Texas, the West Coast. So your taking of the trains, was that an environmental thing or was it aesthetic thing? Or Well, partially, but I really love trains. It's a total different way of travel. You have to have no expectations. You just go with the flow. You know, you get there when you get there. You meet lots of people. That's the fun part is every night when you sit down to dinner, you're sharing dinner with three other people that you may not know, or you probably don't know, but you'll sit and have a nice conversation. And the next morning you get up and have breakfast with three other people. That's a pretty enjoyable way to travel. Well, let's get on an adventure traveling with Richard Paul Thomas. Right now we're heading riding on a train.
when you track down Richard Paul Thomas, sometimes also known as RPT, you'll find out one of his recordings is Salado, which is where he lives in Texas, and that song is on it. Salado was released in 2014. Richard Paul Thomas is with us here today for Song of the Soul. It's actually been quite a while since I've ridden trains in the United States. I took one from Milwaukee or actually Waukesha over to Omaha, Nebraska, which is a fairly decent ride. And actually, I, I rode in Europe. I've ridden them frequently because there it's a useful conveyance. You don't need to have a car all the time. So do you still ride trains? Are they good in Texas these days? They're what they are. Yeah, I think the last trip I made was out to Los Angeles. It was for an ASCAP conference or something. You change trains in San Antonio, so you get on a sleeper and it stops and you spend the night and then the train picks you up, collects the cars and off you go. Well, it was when some big storm was going through New Orleans and it blew a train off the tracks, off a bridge. I don't know if you remember that at all. So our train was obviously going to be 10, 12 hours late before they got all that cleaned up. But we still got to Los Angeles on time. But, you know, I just had a nice peaceful night's sleep sitting in San Antonio and then we went on our way. So you like people. You evidently also like being free from time. So you're not a type A personality, like I want to line up 2,000 things I'm going to get done today? In certain parts of my life. You know, like in the business part of my life, yes, that's very strategic and organized. On a personal level, Linda and I would be driving down the road north of Santa Fe, New Mexico and go, I wonder where that road goes. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how we travel, you know? So it's just on, on a personal level, we're really loose. Sounds like I could travel well with you. Okay. My wife always wants to plan everything out ahead of time. For me, it's just like my nose goes this direction. I'm good. Exactly. Yeah. It's the surprises. And that's what you find out those things from talking to people. If you go to a place, Italy, wherever, Greece, you talk to the locals, you're going to find out the fun stuff, not go to all the tourist places. You know? <laughs> right. Well, let's keep going on our trip through your music. What shall we share next? Well, how about every day's a present? That sounds kind of on the theme. That is yeah. to say, being present to where you are, following your nose, doing that thing. This for me also is, I would say, a very strong spiritual statement. Does it have that kind of ethos for you or not? Yes. I mean, that's the whole purpose of that little saying about yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today's a gift. That's why they call it the present. That's where that came from. Walk in a park on a Sunday afternoon was the original working title of that song. And then Somebody Facebooked me that little poem, every day's a present. And all of a sudden, the whole thing just kind of flowed out. That's my life, you know? I mean, it's just, what's going to happen? Just kind of take it up with the flow. That's a flow I can go with. Richard Paul Thomas is here today for Song of the Soul. Here's his song, Every Day's a Present. out of bed Got myself going Heard the day calling There's a song in my head Every day's a present I must never forget Made me some breakfast Went out on the deck And I watched the sunrise Laughing at the kittens Playing with each other Learning how to survive survive. Every day's a present 
I must not compromise Breeze blows, birds know what life's all about They can tell me, but I gotta figure it out for myself That's all there is, searching for the meaning of life I pull myself together, fight the stormy weather, learning how to survive. survive. Every day's a present, every day's a surprise. Richard Paul Thomas is telling it like it is. Every day's a present. His website, richardpaulthomas.com. The link is on northernspiritradio.org. And Every Day's a Present is from his release, Wings of My Heart. Actually, that's kind of an astounding thing. But then, you know, I haven't followed all of your career since you left Milwaukee in the end of the 1970s. You migrated south. You're one of those snowbirds who decided to stay for the summer, too. It wasn't quite that simple, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The migration that you did, the wings of your heart carrying you down there, how big of a part did the music scene down there have to do with why you were there? Or was it other jobs? I mean, you went with the Cousteau Society, right? Yeah, that was the original reason for going. Right. But given how much music you created in Milwaukee for 10 years, it was quite amazing to think of you just up and leaving that and going down south. Did music play a full part in your life from the end of the 70s up until you started recording? No, because it was a bit of a shocker the way everything ended in Milwaukee. So I kind of regrouped, woodshed it a little bit. You know, I still was writing, would perform from time to time, but it wasn't like a driving force in my life. I mean, it's always been there. In fact, Linda would, would tell 
tell you, she can tell when I've stopped playing for a couple of days, <laughs> go play some music because <laughs> you know? this other part of my life can get me pretty screwed up. I think you understand what I'm saying. I, I think I do. In some ways, for many people, music is therapy. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they play. You have to channel the energy out into something in the world, or maybe it's how you play with the world. Playing on a guitar is playing with the world. Right. And the songs I write are my gestalt. The whole Captured Rainbow thing was dealing with the changes that had happened in my life over the time. And the songs were about people. We were talking about time a little while ago. There's a song called Time Never Gives Me No Time, which is one of the more frustrating songs I've written about it. But it was influenced by a friend of mine who was dying of AIDS. And that's what kicked it off. The songs I write aren't just little sing-songy things that I try and do. It's really some part of my life has really driven me to write that song. So between your time working for Cousteau Society and when you released Captured Rainbow, what were you doing with your time there? Well, for a year and a half, I worked for Cousteau. So it was a lot of travel. When that all ended, I wound up settling in, in Houston. I was just meeting people. I was just talking to people. And that's where that whole project kind of came out of. In fact, there's a song called Gorgeous Moon. And it took place when Linda went to a Gestalt Institute that I'd already gone through before. And it was just one of those nights, went outside like the night before last. And it was a full moon. And all of a sudden, there's a song called Gorgeous Moon. And I'm singing to the moon about the situation in my life, where I was. Yeah. I can't predict that. I can't go, you know, say, I'm going to go outside and write a song about the moon. The moon's going to be the catalyst that drives out this other psychological need that I'm trying to communicate. You say that, but I think I saw along the way where one of the songs that you wrote was based on a prompt. They give you a, a topic and then you write a song, right? So right, you, yeah. you evidently can do it on demand too. But let me tell you the story. But the prompt was, look at your hands. What was happening I was out at a music conference in Austin. It was the weekend where they had just okayed the ability for same-sex marriage. A lot of my music friends were there. So when I started the song, I was talking about what do you do with your life? What do you do with your heart? What do you do to make things better for people? So it wasn't just the prompt. It was the prompt and the circumstance, like the moon in the circumstance that drove the song. Sure. Well, would this be an appropriate time to listen to that song? You brought it up. <laughs> let's, let's do <laughs> no, it. No, you brought it up. You just didn't know your brain. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm subliminal. I didn't know that. You're superbly subliminal. That's oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Look at My Hands is by Richard Paul Thomas. It's from his release, Salado. Look at My Hands. There are folks in this world who struggle and fight The injustice that smothers this land As I watch them I hope things will be alright And wonder, do they need a hand? Look at my hands, are they working? At my heart Is it love that I share? Look at my life Is it worth all this living If I don't lend you a hand? There are 
others in this world live for themselves, only thinking of what they can gain. As they ravage this earth, don't they understand when they're done? Nothing remains. Look at my hands, are they working for freedom? Look at my heart, is it love that I share? Look at my If I don't lend you a hand We all have the right to choose how we live Decide right or wrong which prevails We make the choice to take or to Is it love that I share? Look at my life. Is it worth all this living if I don't lend you a hand? Look at my life. Is it worth all this living if I don't lend you a hand? Look at My Hands is by Richard Paul Thomas, sometimes known as RPT. His website, richardpaulthomas.com. That's his song, Look at My Hands. And he's with us here today for Song of the Soul, which, as you all know, can be tracked down via our website, northernspiritradio.org. There we've got all of the 16 years now of guests that we've had for Song of the Soul. So many hundreds of wonderful musicians and inspirational world healers that we have on our Spirit in Action program. And fortunately, Richard Paul Thomas is here. You'll find a link to him on our website and you, you can track down all his discography. And please post a comment on this program when you visit. And I'm going to exact a promise from Richard right now. You post a comment about your experience of this on our website. And you just set an example for all the great fans that you've got out there and people who have become new fans as of listening to this interview. Also on the website, there's a way you can support us. There's a donate button and you can contribute to us because we do not depend on the government. We don't depend on corporations to make this program go forward. It's you, the listeners, who make it possible. We don't need to sell out everything to the corporations, do we, folks? No, we can do it if we work together 
we can cause a better future for this country. So please support us and even more so support your local community radio stations. Richard Paul Thomas is actually in Salado, Texas, which is kind of about halfway between Austin and Waco, I think. Right. Yeah, 50 miles each way. Yeah. And my understanding is that Salado is a fairly small town, a few thousand people, something like that, right? Or it was at one point. That's including pets. Yeah, including pets. How many <laughs> pets do you have? Um, now we're just down the two. We have Linda's and I, well, mostly Linda was rescuing animals for a long time. We've kind of placed more than 350 cats, dogs, horses, you know, the whole nine yards. And we always wind up with the cats that we couldn't place. So, (laughs) you know, we've got multiple buildings. We had office buildings. So we've had as many as 12. But in the last 18 months, we've lost seven of them because they're all 17, 18, 19 years old. And they all went. So we have two kittens now that are just turned about one and a half. (laughs) They have kept us alive during this pandemic. I'll tell you, they've been just, you don't have to turn on TV, just sit in the living room and watch the cats do their routine. (laughs) And it's hilarious. (laughs) There's also a way that they feed us with their touch. Often dogs are better for that. Cats are kind of prickly. You know, they can... I do not care to be touched at this moment. And dog will also say, rub my belly, scratch my ears. <laughs> well, they have their moments, you know. It's the uncertainty that makes them such a joy, you know. <laughs> is this going to be a fun little relationship right now at this moment, or is it going to be something chaotic? The real fun thing is that those little red laser dots, man, you can have a great time with them and that. Let's travel on through some more of your music. I'm getting a little bit more idea of the texture of both your family and your musical tradition. I understand, by the way, you started out with an accordion, didn't you? You're coming from a Polish family. Accordion's required, right? Yeah, well, Polish and Swedish. My mother was Swedish and my father was Polish. My mother died when I was four and a half. So my father remarried. My dad's the reason I like music. He had the most eclectic record collection you could imagine. He was in electronics in the army in World War II. So when he came out, he just kind of continued that. He repaired radios and TVs. Obviously, music is a part of all that. But his record collection was just monumental. I mean, everything from Broadway plays to big band to, you know, the Polka's waltzes to comedy things. I mean, it was really, that's how I grew up as a kid. And then somewhere in there, and uh, kind of must have been in the mid-50s, he bought me one of those little RCA 45 record players, and that kicked me off, and I was down the road. Bad story about that, though. I have all these 45s. When I got divorced, I gave them to my sister-in-law to hold for me for a while. She sold them all at a rummage sale. Oh, no. Yes, yes, yes. So I came back, and I had a few 45s left, and I had this huge collection, as you can imagine. And my intent, by the way, was that my retirement wealth was going to come from the Marvel comic books that I had started buying when I was 13 years old and saved up many hundreds of them, and they got stolen. So the many thousands of riches, <laughs> I lost it in one. Well, that's a good segue into retirement blues. Okay. Well, are you retired? You're only 74. So you still got a lot more miles on that car. Yeah. My kids think we got a good 20 years for sure. So they're encouraging us to keep moving along. Sort of retired. That's kind of a concept more than a reality. (laughs) I mean, I have retired from certain things. Like I used to have a software company. We'd translate our software into Spanish and I did a lot of work in Latin America, all over the US. So that component was there and I'd sold those companies off and don't do that any longer. But I still have one client left over from those days. 
that I do some business consulting with because, I mean, that's all I did. We brought accounting solutions to all these different companies, you know, manufacturers, wholesale distribution. So I have those talents. I kind of picked up being able to use some of that. So I've done that. But I've given up on most of that and then doing music and this other one client in Houston. That's all I really do. These days, retirement's kind of a weird thing to, to talk about. We do things seven days a week. We don't call it work. I mean, I enjoy everything we are involved in. You know, we've got three and a half acres here. We've got a peach orchard. We've got gardens. The whole place is only native grasses and native plants. We don't have anything that's out of there. We have bees. So I want to trade some honey for syrup. That's my payment for this thing is you're going to, you're not going to do that trade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Each day we get up and we go and we go to sleep and we start off anew and every day is a present, right? Especially if you've got the retirement blues. So yeah, <laughs> a little bit more about this song. You subtitle it Riding on a Roller Coaster. Yeah. Well, again, this was that little lick that it starts with was a guitar lick that I would play every time I put a new set of strings on my guitar. We're talking for the last 40 years, but it never went anywhere. And then one day, for some reason, I just this line came to me. It was... I'm older than I look, I'm younger than I feel. And that kind of kicked it off. And so retirement blues, I'm riding on a roller coaster, time get out of my way. That's what it's all about. Time's clearing out, here comes retirement blues.
We've got the joy of having Richard Paul Thomas here today for Song of the Soul. His website, richardpaulthomas.com, links on nordenspiritradio.org. That was Retirement Blues. And you don't seem contrite enough to have Retirement Blues. I mean, you seem kind of happy with where you're at. Well, it is, it's kind of misnamed, I would say. <laughs> you know, it's only blues because it has a bluesy feel, I would guess, but I'm not really blue in any sense of the imagination. It's a pretty happy thing. In fact, I've been accused of that of, of, from time to time of writing sad songs that sound happy <laughs> and vice versa. You know, it's kind of like, it's just whatever comes out. I don't edit. I don't worry about it. I figure it's being sent to me from a higher source, whatever. I'm just picking it up in the universe, my antennas on, and there it is. It's my job to bring it to you. That's why I'm here. Well, since you're talking about inspiration from the universe or channeling music and all of that, let's talk a little bit about religion. So you come from a Polish family, and at one point, being Polish pretty much meant you had to be Catholic. So you and I both grew up that way. My confirmation name, by the way, was Peter. Mark Peter, you're getting all the big guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a rocky relationship with that, I guess. Peter, haha, that was a joke. Yes, I got it. <laughs> I've understood that you no longer particularly identify as Catholic or maybe anti-Catholic or something like that. You're not affiliated with any uh, religious spiritual group, though I, I do get the sense that you have at least a strong sense of spiritual community with musicians. Is there any particular group of musicians you identify with? Not really. I just have a lot of friends and a lot of different backgrounds, you know, and I respect everybody's beliefs. I figured we're all in this. We all got reasons to be, and I can't be the one to judge on that prospect. But Catholicism just left me over the years like I, I think we were talking earlier just toured a lot played for a lot of different denominations of whatever each one's got something interesting to say are there any moments of your catholic childhood that particularly stick out for you as why you went elsewhere maybe they even drove your music for all i know were you in the choir Oh, yeah, I was in the choir. I was the guy that they always told to sing quieter. <laughs> I was always belting out, well, you can hear Richard up there singing away. You know? <laughs> you know? And it was, yeah, I was an altar boy. I used to always tell people I was an altar boy. I was served at 5 o'clock in the morning at the hospital. And then every day in school, we had an 8 o'clock mass. And then as an altar boy, you did all the other things. And I figured by the time I got out of grade school, if you just consider people having to go to church on Sunday, I've had an equivalent of a couple hundred years of Sundays, well, all the masses I attended, you know. In grade school, it was a very strict grade school, nuns, rulers, you've heard all the stories. I was a kid that believed in dinosaurs, and in third grade, the kind of feeling was the earth was only 8,000 years old, and I was wrong, and that just didn't seem to make sense. And then as I got a little older, the whole money thing of the church was kind of something that you became aware of. Our church was perfectly fine, but they had to push all these people in the community who were not rich people to contribute to build this multi-million dollar building, which years later I would go to attend with my parents when I visit them, and it'd be empty. You'd be there for a Sunday mass, and there'd be 45 people in this place that seats 500. And then when uh, we bought a house in Bayview, which is right on the lake in Milwaukee, all that land along the lake was all Catholic land. I mean, hundreds and thousands of acres of all this high-priced land owned by the Catholic Church. When I lived next door to my grandparents off of Maple Street, I can't remember the name of the church anymore, but it had gold domes and all that stuff. And you go, wait a minute. But it was like, holy cow, all this money being spent on these edifices that, and nothing was helping the community. So that was, it just kept whittling away at it. And then the doctrine just, you know, the hell and earth and heaven thing. And 
And then I think the kicker, they desanctified a couple of the saints that I really was into as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was the tipping point, you know. <laughs> Take away my saints, that ain't no good. I know, you know. It's, 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 so it's kind of funny, you know. So your writing uh, assignment here is, could you write a song eulogizing the, the loss of sainthood of your saints? I mean, I think that's a perfect... <laughs> metaphor for life <laughs> you know i told you you know these are kind of gestalt for me they're getting things up that's pretty deeply rooted i'm not i'm not so sure i could face that pain again well let's try and soothe some of that pain that we're experiencing let's go on to another song violetta i don't know if you know who violetta para is i don't know if anybody knows who violetta para is some of us were raised on joan baez singing gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto yeah okay <laughs> Well, that's exactly where this song came from. You know, in the old days, I used to go to Dirty Jack's Record Rack and all this stuff and flip through albums and read notes and stuff. I mean, that was a day trip for me and just had a joyous time doing that. And I'd find a lot of people, a lot of music that way. I didn't hear the music. I really got in touch with who the artist was before I even played the record. But I can't do that anymore because record stores don't exist. So... Now I kind of search Netflix and Prime and all these places looking for interesting stories about musicians. And I came across a movie called Violetta Went to Heaven. And it was a movie about Violetta Parra and her life going through the mountains of Chile and finding songs and, and about her art and all the things that were going on with her and found out that at the time she was kind of compared to Dylan. She was one of the most recorded Spanish songwriters. She was one of the only living artists that had artwork in the Louvre. So, I mean, it was just an incredible story. And of course, she had all the pain and anguish and things that go along with the life that she led. And then in the end, she killed herself. And that really struck me. That movie really struck me. And I literally left one room, came into the studio, started playing this thing that became Violetta, finished the whole thing that night, but it didn't feel right. It wasn't a song that was played on a steel string guitar. It just didn't feel right. And the next day, Linda and I were in Belton and we went to one of these community-wide garage sales and there was a booth that had a classical guitar sitting up there. So I bought this guitar for 20 bucks and I came back home and started playing. I went, oh, that was it. I mean, that was, that was the end of the song. That's what it needed was that timber, that feeling. So that's Violetta, the recording is what came out. And it is Violetta by Richard Paul Thomas. Demons in your 
Beauty and Pain. It's Violetta. It's by Richard Paul Thomas. Website, richardpaulthomas.com. Link on nordenspiritradio.org. And the thing I wondered about Violetta, I mean, obviously seeing the movie captured you. Her anguish is pretty captivating. You know, it's amazing how much beauty comes out of anguish. And she committed suicide, what, at the age of 50 or something like that? It's amazing. So while most of us are experiencing the beauty, she's so much centered in the pain. Do you relate to that pain? Well, yes. I remember it was just devastating. She was on tour, I think, in Europe someplace. She was really big behind the Iron Curtain. And her baby died at home. So here she was at that time. Travel wasn't instantaneous. You know, you, it would have even taken a while for her to even get the message that the baby had died and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it just, it tore into me, I guess, partially because I lost my mother at such a young age. And then she had this music community. She built this facility. She was having concerts. Pretty soon, nobody was coming. You know, she became kind of a lost soul. It just, it really struck me hard. And I think the tone of the music and everything that I kind of wrote, I, I felt was an expression of that pain. Actually, this song had more blues in it in terms of emotion than retirement yeah. blues. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't say I was good at this. I just said I write these songs <laughs> and they come out. Whenever I work on a song, and even with the Chris Gage and Merle Brigarty and all these other producers I've been working with, we let the song take us where it's going to go. We don't say, oh, that sounds like it's got to be upbeat or whatever. You know, it's just kind of, it is what it is. And we kind of develop that feeling rather than try and make it something else. Well, there is one more place that we can go before we have to end off today's Song of the Soul. So, Richard, how are we going to crown this sharing of Song of the Soul? Well, it's like any other 
you know, songwriter, musician, artist of any type, we're always looking for the pot of gold, right? We're always looking for something that's going to take us there. And that's where this kind of song came from. It's all about the things we have to do to try and find people to listen to the music. You know, we know that the record industry, everything has changed so much these days that I can write a song. I don't know where it's going to go from there. I feel very fortunate to be here on the show with you because it's an outlet. There's so few outlets for music nowadays. I think a friend of mine told me, and this was in 2000 or 2010, I remember which year, there were like 5 million songs that were uploaded onto YouTube. Only 3,000 of them had any kind of impact. And it's, I'm sure it's quadrupled by now. Everybody has a recording thing at home. Everybody can do whatever they want to do. This is kind of not frustration, but just kind of explaining where I am. I just want to continue just riding down the road, trying to find wherever that outlet will be. And that's Pot of Gold. That's how we're going to conclude Richard Paul Thomas's Song of the Soul. Pot of Gold is from his recording, Wings of My Heart. Somewhere around 2012, he released it. He's still going down that highway and doing all the wonderful things. You should drop by and visit him in Salado, Texas. And if you do, bring a gallon of maple syrup to trade for <laughs> his honey. Send me an email or something, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's nice when people reach out. I really enjoy that, to hear from people that do listen to the music. And I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be with you today. Well, I feel privileged to have tracked you down, uh, the music that you made with Susan back in Milwaukee. I appreciate so much you being here, sharing your story, sharing your music, and sharing your passion, your pot of gold. And that's how we end Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Out of Gold from Wings of My Heart, richardpaulthomas.com, links on nordenspiritradio.org. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Here's your pot of gold. Flying down a Texas highway, working hard both night and day. Everyone's gone the same way, looking for a place to play. Lots of folks, they like to hear us when the music plays for free. Not sure if they will support us, paying rent's reality. Writing songs to sing for supper, how I love the open road. One day at a time we take it, carrying our heavy load. Searching for the right connection, many stories yet untold. Flying down to Texas Highway, searching for a Changed a whole lot since the last time I was here Working full time on my music Miss the old days, that's for sure It's the song that starts the process That's what they all say Very few can make a profit Yes, it just works out that way The internet is full of places To capture every song you need Download free from countless sources It's getting harder to compete I've been told so many times that my songs just don't fit the mold. Flying down a Texas highway, searching for a pot of gold. I am free, spending my days.
Anything to make life flow Still have lots of years before me Just how many I don't know So I'll keep on playing music Meeting new friends as I grow If we all support each other Who knows just how far we'll go Writing songs to sing for supper How I love the open road One day at a time we'll take it Carrying our heavy load Searching for the right connection Many stories yet untold Flying down a Texas highway Searching for a pot of gold Flying down a Texas highway Searching for a pot of The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.